It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. If I were to go to prison for a year, which is what the contempt of charge could do to me, that would be about a fourth of my remaining life. And there would be a fine that would take a significant portion of my retirement savings. They're essentially acting as judge, jury, and executioner. They intercepted me getting on the plane. And then they put me in handcuffs. They bring me here. They put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. Leg irons? I mean, seriously, leg irons? You know, the FBI, one of the raps against the FBI is that they were part of a Democratic uh, conspiracy to get Trump. And so the way they respond to that is by sending officers to pull him off of a plane in handcuffs and throw him in John Hinckley's cell with leg irons. I mean, it, it, I, I, I'm all for complying with congressional subpoenas, uh, but this is just so over the top and such a self-destructive move by the FBI. I don't know who authorized it. They should be fired. Well, that's probably the most shocking story that happened since we last spoke. Sandy Rios with you on this Monday morning, but never a dull moment. Peter Navarro, one of President Trump's chief advisors, especially bold. I love Peter Navarro. And uh, he arrested, handcuffed, put in leg uh, braces. We're going to talk about that today at length with Sidney Powell, who'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But I wanted to give you a taste of it in case you hadn't heard the story. And he is being detained because he refused to respond to a subpoena by the January 6th committee to come before them and, you know, bear his soul uh, for their behalf. So that for that reason, he and it's amazing to me that this is coming on the heels of the really humiliation of the FBI last week in the Sussman trial. This should be humiliation of them. But we're going to get into that with Sydney and I but I want to cuz I want to get to some other things that are very important and uh you know I love um love that's not the right word. I feel compelled to talk about January 6th and the people that are imprisoned and I feel compelled to tell you that you must ask candidates that are running for election tomorrow in the states of California, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico and South Dakota, that you need to find out where your candidates stand on January the 6th. And I'll make my point in just a second. You might want to get a pencil out for this opening because I'm going to tell you some things very quickly. Important things that I know. I can't cover all of these races. You know that it's just too much. And I've told you uh, values, uh, our I voter guide, I voter guide is a great source of information on these candidates. So is Ballotpedia. We'll give you a more general idea of who they are. Uh, but in terms of like where they stand on positions that you may be interested in, the iVoter Guide would be is a great resource. So uh, please avail yourself of that as you're trying to make your important decisions. So um, yesterday, Kevin McCarthy was on with Maria Bartiroma. Maria was talking about the arrest of Peter Navarro. 
at least a bit. Nobody's covered it on Fox very much. I find that very interesting. Uh, that was uh, the the clip that I started with was from, um, uh, yeah, Brett Bear's news. I can't even think of the name of it. I used to watch it all the time. Special report with Brett Bear. Sorry, and um, that last comment was by uh, Mark Teason about, "Are you kidding me? Uh, leg chains, uh, leg leg clamps? Are you kidding me?" That was Mark Teason. So uh, they did cover a bit on special report, but not necessarily favorably. And I found that Maria didn't even touch on it as much as I thought she would, because uh, Fox has a bias about all of this, and certainly on January sixth, and so do the leaders of the Republican Party. And let me make my case. Kevin McCarthy was with Maria Bartiroma, and Maria brought up to him the question about January 6th. I'll let her ask the question, and I want you to listen. Remember, he's the minority leader in the House of Representatives for the Republicans. So Maria's asking him, what are you going to do about this? Listen carefully to his answer, clip six. Congressman, I know that we're 156 days away from the midterm elections. What are you going to do to that committee, the January 6th committee, should you become the majority? Because right now, as we speak, there are honest and uh, people sitting in jail because they were at the Capitol on January 6th. They are still in jail a year later. We live in America. People have a right to have a say and to go to court. They shouldn't be held for this long inside. You watch what is happening to political opponents with its one-party rule. In 156 days, we're going to become energy independent. We're going to secure our borders. We're going to make our streets safe again. But we need you to help us because we have some of the best candidates across this country. If you go to takethehouse.com, join with us as we fight back because we are not going to bend. We are not going to let them go after our First Amendment rights and go after the individuals that they're trying to do for political purposes. Yes, okay, so there's the leader, and that tells you why. Uh, he didn't really respond, most in the most vague ways, with no passion, not really, because his response is, we're going to be energy independent, we're going to secure our borders. Well, I have to tell you that when Kevin McCarthy was in power in the House before, the Republican leadership never secured our borders. Uh, the only person that ever did that was Donald Trump. And he had to fight Republican leadership to get it done because they're tied to business, which wants more illegal immigration for cheap labor. It's as simple as that. Uh, but the more important point to me is that uh, Kevin McCarthy doesn't care a whit about the political prisoners. He's done nothing. As far as I know, he's done zero zip zilch, nothing. And so it's pretty dep depressing to me that uh, over the weekend, I think it was just yesterday. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, yesterday, President Trump has endorsed Kevin McCarthy. Now, he's endorsed Kevin McCarthy. The only good news in this is that he is endorsing his reelection bid, but he did not endorse, at least in that moment, his uh, bid to be Speaker of the House. So that's my only glimmer of hope, but I want you to know that that's what's happened. I want to give you um, oh, I have lots. Okay, so the January 6th committee is going to be starting their final hearings this Thursday night at 8 o'clock. I don't know if that's Eastern. Probably is. It's prime time for everyone in the country to find out what they have found. They have declared, they've just, you know, they have um, prepared a, an amazing presentation to all of us so that you can see. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Mark Levin sort of tweeted it, tweeted, <laughs> he tweeted this, and it synopsizes what they want to do. Purpose of January 6th committee. Imprison Trump, destroy the Electoral College, and nationalize the voting system. Now, there's a long uh, article about that, making Mark's case 
Uh, but I, I'm not going to go into that, but just trust him. He's right. Uh, the January 6th committee wants to imprison President Trump. They want to destroy the Electoral College. They are openly talking about that. Jamie Raskin is. And they want to nationalize the voting system. In other words, take over control of all elections by the federal government. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thought? Just like what? The the uh, Social Security system, the IRS. We have a lot to look forward to, right? So um, the hearings are going to be set for prime time, and it's going to be a really big deal. And also they have other plans. They're going to come out with a a report just ahead of the midterm elections. But listen, there's nothing political about this. I just thought, you know, these are people meeting in good faith along with, you know, they all just happen to hate President Trump. Adam Kensinger and uh, uh, Liz Cheney are the only Republicans and uh, and. Nancy Pelosi appointed them to the committee. But really, really, they have your best interests at heart. They have to take down these insurrectionists and anyone that helped them in any way. Uh, All right, so just let me tell you about I'm being, you know, facetious. I hope you picked that up. All right, if you have a pencil handy, I want to talk to you just about a few races. Uh, Tomorrow is the primary again in California, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota. Let me talk about South Dakota for a second. Uh, Now, this is the story on South Dakota, as far as I can tell. Taffy Howard is challenging incumbent Dusty Johnson. They're both both Republicans, but do do you believe me when I say to you that not all Republicans are equal? They're not all the same. And if you don't go to the polls for the primary, the good guys will never have a chance. Never, never, never. You must vote. If you're worried about inflation, if you're worried about the J6 prisoners as I am, if you are worried about our borders being secured, don't put Republicans like Kevin McCarthy in position and all of the people that he's supporting who, you know, they will, you know, bow in obeisance to whatever he wants. And what he wants is, is not what you want. I guarantee you. Uh, so um, Taffy Howard, let me tell you, she is a, a small business owner. She's currently a member of the House of Representatives in South Dakota. She's a former officer in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, she, um, she's she been calling Christy Nome out on the stands that she's taken, so she's got a lot of courage. And the one thing that distinguishes her for sure that I know of between the incumbent Dusty Johnson is the election of 2020. Howard has talked about, um, that's Taffy Howard, has been talking about the claims of widespread voter fraud. Uh, She's criticized Dusty Johnson for voting to certify the results of the 2020 presidential election. Uh, She says that she thinks each state should conduct a thorough review of the election that goes just beyond just a recount. She said, Taffy Howard, I believe there was fraud on the last election that needs to be investigated. Our current congressman is not willing to admit that there was an issue. So that is a big difference between Taffy Howard and the incumbent uh, uh, Dusty Johnson. So that's in South Dakota. For those of you that are there, just some information, take it into consideration, and go to the iVoter Guide. You've got a lot of other races to consider there as well. I think it's really good that she took on Christy Nome because I think Christy needs to have her feet held to the fire. I think she's not good on a lot of things, especially transgenderism. I don't, I don't know if Taffy took her on on that. I don't know. I'm not an expert on all those things in every state. In California, uh, on the outside chance that some of you are out there, Kevin Kyle is a, a young state senator, and they believe uh, some people are telling me he is he's supported by the Freedom Fund, which is the Freedom Caucus 
uh, money, and they think he's a great a star in the making. That's Kevin Kyle in uh, House District 3 in California. In Montana, there's an interesting—Ryan Zinke is the incumbent. He was uh, with the Trump administration as the Secretary of Interior before he had to resign because of scandal. Who knows if that was real or not? You know, they were trying to destroy all of them. So I'm not making a comment. I'm not inferring anything by that. He has the endorsement of President Trump, but also the establishment Republicans. Very concerning, always, always concerning to me. My um, conservative friends tell me there's a better candidate for that race. It's Montana 1. It's Dr. Al Olszewski. Olszewski, he he leads with election integrity, walls, borders, the Second Amendment, abortion, and also expanding public lands. And that's Dr. Al Olszewski. He's not endorsed by President Trump, but then President Trump is not always right. You've heard me say that. You can love him and still not follow his lead on endorsements. And so Ryan Zinke is the incumbent endorsed by the establishment. And then uh, this Saturday, and that's all I have in specifics for for tomorrow, but uh, at least for today. I may have some more tomorrow morning for you. But Sarah Palin is uh, running uh, in Alaska on Saturday. You know, I don't think anybody, you know, you think President Trump is hated. Maybe it could be that Sarah Palin is hated as much as President Trump. She's running in a field of about, I think there's like 50 candidates in this. It's for Don Young's seat. Uh, and she has a chance to win. I just saw, though, that there's a, you know, she was, she took, a, she was trying to sue, I think, the New York Times for defamation because they did defame her. As did, you know, Saturday Night Live and a million other places. They made a, they made her a fool in the, the nation's eyes. The John McCain's campaign didn't help. Sarah Palin had courage beyond courage, and I remember well Anybody remember when they actually subpoenaed all of her email? All of her email. And she turned over thousands and thousands, and they combed it all and found nothing. They found they couldn't even find something they could infer that there was some kind of misconduct from an email. I thought that was pretty incredible. Well, she's running this Saturday for that seat in Alaska, so if you have any Alaskan friends, let them know. Uh, Sarah will, she'll be a firebrand. She doesn't owe anybody anything. She will be terrific. She, I'm, I'm just saying, if I were in Alaska, you know what I would do. All right, so there you go. Now, coming up next, uh, we're going to have a nice chat with Sydney Powell. It'll be so nice to talk to her after such a long time. And uh, I hope you'll stay tuned because we're going to talk about, you know, there may be some smoke coming out of the microphone. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses. 
watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MetaShare has a new option called MetaShare 65+. Plus. MetaShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MetaShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. And you can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Hey, this is Evangelist Nick Hall. Coming this summer, Together 22. 50 years ago, Explo 72, led by Billy Graham, rallied an entire generation to share the gospel. This summer, June 24th and 25th, we're doing it again, and it's free. Together 22 will feature some of the biggest names in Christian music, some of the best preachers coming to equip you. More information at Pulse.org. President Biden told the nation for the upteenth time the Second Amendment is not absolute. Not sure what part of shall not be infringed the president does not understand. Regardless, we need to talk about what the Democrats are about to do to gun owners in America. So let's talk about facts. Here are some of the facts about gun violence in America gleaned from a survey by Pew Research. 45,222 people died from gun-related injuries in 2020. 54% of those deaths were the result of suicide. So that means 42% of the gun-related deaths were acts of murder. In 59% of those cases, the weapon of choice was a handgun. Only 3% of the cases involved a rifle or AR-15. Those are the facts. And that's why I believe the real threat is the Democrats are actually going to target handgun owners. This is not about public safety. This is about confiscating firearms from law-abiding citizens. Just remember, an unarmed population is a vulnerable population. It's a lot easier to take over a nation when grandma's not packing heat. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The Constitution is a prohibition against what's called bills of attainders. Okay? This is bills against undue punishment of citizens of this country. Today, the punishment was in, which was inflicted on a man presumed innocent and innocent until proven guilty demonstrates the utter disregard for the Constitution and the law that the Department of Justice has. I sent them a letter on Wednesday offering a modus vivendi. I told them, contact an individual who would discuss this matter. What did they do? They didn't call me. I spoke to the, the FBI agent who arrested me. I spoke to him. Wednesday night, I said, Walter, whatever you need, you don't have to come banging on my door like you did last week getting me out of bed. I'm here to cooperate, okay? What did they do, right? I I was on my way to Nashville today to do a TV appearance with Mike Huckabee show, right? And instead of coming 
to my door where I live, which, by the way, is right next to the FBI. Instead of calling me and say, hey, we need you down at court. We've got a warrant for you. I would have gladly come. What did they do? They intercepted me getting on the plane. And then they put me in handcuffs. They bring me here. They put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. By the way, just historical note, I was in John Hinckley's cell. They seem to think that that was like an important historical note. Okay? That's punitive. That, that what they did to me today violated the Constitution. All right, that was the voice of Peter Navarro. That was Friday. I think it was Friday morning when that happened to him. Um, most of us uh, that are paying attention to what's happening in the country are outraged about this. Peter Navarro was a, uh, an assistant to President Trump. He is an ec- economist, highly respected. He's a firebrand, but I love him for that. He speaks the truth, and you can see that. And in fact, he's decided to represent himself. Uh, whether that's wise or not, we'll ask our next guest. Sydney Powell is with us. We haven't talked to her in such a long time. And let me give you just a little bit of background on Sydney, just to remind you who she is. She has been with the Justice Department for years. She was a farm a partner in a large uh, law firm, I think, in Texas. She practiced in the second, fourth, fifth, ninth, and tenth and eleventh federal circuits and the United States Supreme Court. Uh, she has uh, led. She's been the lead counsel in more than five hundred appeals in the Fifth Circuit. That's just the Fifth Circuit. Uh, She was the assistant United States attorney for the Western and Northern Districts of Texas and the Eastern District of Virginia. She did criminal trial work, uh, civil trial work. She was an appellate section chief for the Western and then the Northern District of Texas. She represented the United States in approximately 350 of her 500 appeals. That's just a tiny bit of Sydney's resume. She's an author, a license to lie. I think that's the first time I ever interviewed you, Sydney, was right after you wrote that book. Uh, But I wanted people to hear your resume because if they Google you now or look at Wikipedia, they'll see that you are a right-wing extremist on the fringe of believing the big lie. So, um, first of all, welcome back. It's it's been a long time and we've missed you. (laughs) Thanks so much, Sandy. I've missed being with you, too. Had a bit of a few things going on since the election, as you know. I headed a team that brought four suits alleging fraud in the election with massive amounts of evidence attached to each complaint, even though no evidence is required to be attached to any complaint. And those can be found at the nonprofit I started called DefendingTheRepublic.org. When people want to say, you know, there's no evidence, they need to go read the attachments to our complaints at that website. You know and what's interesting? Even more there now. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, uh, after they, you know, they um, defamed you, uh, called it ridiculous. Your accusations against Dominion voter machines and other voter machines as well, uh, and all the other things you talked about. How this election of the twenty, you were one of the first persons who spelled it out, and it was shocking. Uh, and uh, so you became, you know, the tip of the spear for the hatred and the vitriol that came your way. But the interesting thing to me, Sydney, is now we're seeing like almost every day, I'm, it's coming in my inbox anyway, about all the discoveries they're making, not only about voting machines, but all of the other fraudulent types of voting that happened in 2020, all of them uh, to undergird the truth of what you were saying at the time. Do uh, you want to say a word about that? Just Yes. Uh, For one thing, I would encourage everybody to watch the HBO documentary called Kill Chain. It's about essentially 
the same things I was talking about after the 2020 election. The Democrats came out with that documentary in April of 2020 before the election. It was fine for them to talk about how easily an election could be stolen and how easily the machines could be hacked. But once it was relevant to the Trump campaign and the Trump presidency, it became completely taboo to discuss it. It's absolutely appalling how they have just consolidated power to achieve their political ends and weaponized absolutely every federal agency and and means to do that. It's it's unprecedented in the history of the country. I've now been sued for over four billion dollars in five different cases, and the state bar of Texas is trying to take my law license because I filed those suits. The state bar of Texas filed originally a four-page complaint claiming that there was no reasonable basis for my almost two thousand documented pages in four federal filings, one of which got a TRO in the state of Georgia, a temporary restraining order to give us access to all the machines until a number of other uh, mysterious things happened and it all went away. Sydney, I don't even know how you, you know, how do you defend yourself in a case like that? When you've got all the powers, as you've, you know, we're familiar with this now. We have seen, um, I was just talking about Sarah Palin before you joined me, uh, how they uh, targeted her for destruction, even went through all of her email way back before this was, we knew anything like this was happening. Um, and so how in the world do you fight back when you're a fierce fighter? You're smart and smart and smart. You have so much experience, but how do you fight back when everybody is aiming their guns at you? I just keep telling the truth. I mean, I I know I'm right. I have a very clear understanding of, of what happened. I don't know the intimate details of who exactly did what, but I am convinced more by the day, and, and I feel very vindicated frankly, by the CISA Department of Homeland Security report that just came out on the 3rd, talking about all the vulnerabilities in the Dominion voting machines. Now, of course, they say, oh, you know, we have no evidence that any of this happened in 2020. (laughs) Well, that's only because... Right. It, 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 it's it's made to work that way. I mean, the, they're talking about things that are not glitches in the machines, but features in the machines. And, and that's so, how they were built. So Dominion <laughs> has come after you. They've come after Mike Lindell um, and others. Like probably, I don't know who else, maybe Michael Flynn. Uh, and they're suing everybody, silencing, scaring everyone to death. Where are the venues for this? I mean, like your case, tell me, it's not going to be heard in Washington, D.C. Where will your case be adjudicated? Oh, yes? Nope. Oh, Oh, yeah. They they filed it in Washington, D.C., and then Smartmatic sued me for $2.7 billion in New York. And just in an abundance of caution, they filed exactly the same suit or almost exactly the same suit against me in D.C., Sure enough, the one in New York was dismissed. They had no jurisdiction whatsoever over me in New York. So they sued me in D.C. We just filed a a very detailed response to that, explaining how there's no jurisdiction there either. 
uh, I think I mentioned Smartmatic maybe five times in the course of a couple of days. And um, <clears throat> it's just absolutely astonishing the effort that has been put into trying to destroy me. There's even an organization form now that has already raised $2.5 million to, with the avowed purpose of destroying me, making me toxic in my community, destroying my ability to earn a livelihood, and, and a few other choice words like that started by David Brock. It's called the 65 Project. And that's what we're fighting against with defending the Republic also. I mean, I need to raise $2.5 million for defending the Republic just to combat the uh, deliberate attacks to destroy us. So they didn't just target me. They targeted 111 lawyers who filed lawsuits related to the election. But if people yeah, if people I mean, want to help, let me let me just stop for a second. If people want to help, they go to defendingtherepublic.org to help you financially. Yes, def- okay. Yes, defendingtherepublic.org, and tell everybody to sign up for our newsletters. If they can't do anything else, sign up for our newsletters and share them with all your friends, because we put out information you're not usually going to see other places. And if you can sign up to make a monthly contribution in any amount, I know that these are especially hard times, but we are fighting tooth and nail with all we have. You know, Sydney, uh, uh, I, <laughs> my husband and I just watched a, a, a movie of the book 1984, George Orwell's 1984. We thought we should, you know, we've read the book, but let's watch this movie. It's an old movie. I don't recommend it because it's pretty old. Uh, but, you know, it just makes me think of that when they, they would unperson people and completely cancel, like they would take a picture of someone and just throw it in the incinerator and they say, you no longer exist. And uh, it reminds me very much of what they're doing, systematic targeting, as Solinsky, uh, Solinsky, <clears throat> so I, I created yep. a new name, right. Solinsky, targeting, uh, making it personal and destroying people. And then, of course, in 1984, it was just to unperson them, to eradicate any mention of them, to destroy them. And that's what this reminds me of very much. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's it's a very deliberate tactic. Um, the Democrats, the leftists, the communists, whatever you want to call them, I'm, frankly, I think they're communists, practice politics of personal destruction. Yeah, I totally do, too. I, I don't hold back from saying that at all. Uh, and, I, you know, one thing that really puzzles me, though, and I would really like your... Your thoughts about this. We talk a lot about the corruption of the 2020 election, and there certainly was plenty of it in so many different arenas. But when it comes to the machines, the voting machines, do you think that some Republicans in some places are also complicit and may have used these um, these rigged voting machines to their advantage? Definitely. I have no personal doubt that uh, that's what happened. Um, I I think it's been going on for a very long time. I think it's happened since the machines existed, and it's been used by people in both parties to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. That's one of the reasons why it is so difficult to take on the task of getting rid of them and why so many people are terrified. I think it actually goes back to the year 2000 when they first came into any sort of use whatsoever. 
and it's the the use and abuse of them has simply expanded over the years. It was the Holder Justice Department that actually divested, uh, I think it was Sequoia assets from Smartmatic and and gave them to Dominion and created essentially facilitated Dominion taking over most of the or the largest percentage of voting machine contracts in the country. And then you've seen what has happened since Dominion has been in that position. Yes, and I guess Georgia would be the first state that comes to my mind where we that's probably what's happened here with the Secretary of State. I'm just I'm going out on a limb because I don't how would I know? But Brian Kemp and Raffensberger just uh, have been have responded to the outright fraud down there with such weakness. And then when the election happened, uh, what just last week there was an incredible turnout. And so there's just a lot of questions about what just happened in Georgia uh, in their primary. But um, exactly, and they they have found they keep finding votes in different races, and uh, I think one race has been has been changed because of that. And I think we have the same issue in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, every there there needs to be a massive federal grand jury investigation into all of this, but I don't think that's going to happen because I think the government, uh, or at least aspects of the government also played a substantial role in it. I think the Department of Defense, I found patents, and they're on our website at Defending the Republic also, where the government funded uh, the patent for the ability to real-time monitor an election and to inject false voters into the voter database. And another patent where they... um, developed an algorithm to predetermine the outcome of an election. That's the and, Defense Department. Uh, yeah, our Defense, the Defense Department. Department. Uh, Sydney, we have to take a break. Sydney Powell again, my guest this morning, uh, happily. And uh, if you want to help uh, fight back, not only just help Sydney personally, but all the attorneys who are under fire for trying to do what's right, you can understand why some of them are so scared because the attack is so fierce. And uh, so in order to give them some courage... We need to help them. Go to DefendingTheRepublic.org, DefendingTheRepublic.org. Oregon also, Sydney suggested that you watch the HBO documentary Kill Chain. It's not new. It was produced by the Democrats, but it shows how much fraud uh, has been built into these machines. And so uh, when we return, we want to talk about uh, Peter Navarro and also uh, Sussman. Queen Esther's call to obedience meant risking her life. Even in the midst of uncertainty and fear, she boldly trusted in God's plan. I'm Charles Morris. Join me for Haven Today this week as we look at the faithfulness of Esther on a series called A Royal Sacrifice. Haven Today, weekday mornings at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Listen online at AFR.net. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. 
My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The Arizona Department of Education links to chat rooms in its website for LGBTQ plus minors to discuss sex and gender with adult moderators present, though their parents have no idea. The department specifically points minors to two different websites, which rely on adult volunteers or staff members to facilitate their chat rooms. And they don't verify the age of those joining the chats beyond asking applicants to self-report a birth date. This is being done with Arizona taxpayer dollars by the Arizona Department of Education. The sexualization of children is happening under the guise of education. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner. For more, from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us, and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us, and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community, and this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex-attracted couple contact us, and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what, and they said, please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. 33 years ago last weekend, the Chinese Communist Party murdered tens of thousands of students and others in Beijing's Tiananmen Square and elsewhere for courageously protesting its abuses, corruption, and oppression. These massacres were vivid reminders that communists care only about power, acquiring, maintaining, and wielding it ruthlessly. They are indifferent to the attendant suffering of their own people, and they certainly won't hesitate to do the same to others. To the everlasting shame of President George H.W. Bush, he responded by sending his national security advisor, Brent Scowcroft, to assure the CCP that there would be no punishment for such egregious crimes against humanity. Instead, it would be rewarded for them with more sweetheart business deals and other engagement with the West. The predictable result is today's China, enriched, empowered, and emboldened by us, and now at our throats. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. In my lawsuit, I discuss going back to Nixon, GSA, and other cases that what this government is supposed to do when they have an issue such as they've had, and this is not the first rodeo they've had, they've had plenty of people question the validity of their subpoenas. What they're supposed to do is take the least burdensome alternative. I told him, go negotiate with Donald John Trump and his attorneys because I'm in an untenable constitutional position. There's no settled law on this. There's no settled law. And by the way, the law leans squarely towards my right to senior testimony immunity and President Trump's right to executive privilege. What did they do? They didn't 
negotiate with the president, as I asked him. That would have been the least burdensome. They didn't file a civil suit like they did with Mears and Bolton back in the Bush administration when they didn't control the Justice Department. What did they do? They, they, they just came with the full force of the federal government and put the hammer down trying to intimidate me. I have represented myself pro se in this matter because part of the Democrats' strategy is to engage in what is called lawfare, which is to say to use the legal system for effectively coercion and illicit ends. I do not want to spend several hundred thousand dollars on lawyers. But the reason why I'm here, and this is not about me, folks, not about me here. This is about a constitutional principle that is important to effective presidential decision making and what the Justice Department is doing is wrong on all manner of counts. All right, that was the voice of Peter Navarra again uh, Friday morning after he'd been arrested uh, at the airport, uh, put in cuffs and then got uh, sent to the jail and put in leg chains and then put in um, John Hinckley Jr.'s jail, jail cell. If you remember some of you too young, he, he's the one who tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan. Uh, and so, you know, and they sort of mocked Navarro as they put him in that cell. It's just strange. It's also just wrong. It's so unjust. Sidney Powell, a former federal prosecutor, is with us. Uh, Sidney, just speak for, first to the manner in which they arrested him. What, what does that say to you, and what, what does that mean? It's a pure power play. They wanted to show him what they could do to him. It was an absolute show of the brute force of the power of the federal government. They have been doing crap like this, the Democrats in particular, for two decades. I've well documented it in my book, Licensed to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice, which I would encourage everyone to read again now, even if you've read it before, reread it. The One of the villains in Licensed to Lie is now number two in the Garland Justice Department. Wow. All right. Well, all right. So that's that. And but now here, let's talk about the crime, you know, the alleged crime. Uh, he did not respond or refuse to submit to or whatever the word is for a subpoena from the January 6th committee, which he argues is wrongly constituted, which he's right about that. Uh, but legally speaking, can the Congress force have the have the Justice Department enforce their issue of uh, of war or of Help me with the words here, Sydney. Can the, can the Justice Department yeah, subpoena? Yeah, can they make the yeah, can they have the Justice Department enforce power. those? Yeah, can the uh, Justice well, Department is that they, normal? Uh, they have charged Steve Bannon. They indicted Steve Bannon for the same thing, and he's going to trial. I think later this month. Uh, only the Democratic Justice Department seem to do that. The Republican ones have not. You know, Eric yeah. Holder was held in contempt of Congress, but nothing happened to him. Yes, and that and, was over uh, that was over running guns. By the way, we have to tell people there was a there was a whole process that we know was set up by the Obama Justice Department to run guns into Mexico, and then some crimes were committed with those guns. And Eric Holder would never, ever, ever respond uh, to investigations on that, and he was held in contempt of Congress, but never punished in any way. And then who else? Oh, well, you know, Clapper lied to Congress. He flat out lied to Congress. 
um, Lois Lerner, if I remember correctly, uh, was not exactly forthright and honest with Congress. Right. Stephen Halper. Of, yeah, Stephen Halper. I, I mean, the list goes on and on. But only the Republicans, only the conservatives, and particularly anybody who had anything to do with President Trump are being treated like domestic terrorists. I mean, look at the horrific unconstitutional treatment of the January 6th prisoners, one of whom I think has been in prison over a year in the filth conditions, I mean, absolutely inhuman conditions in what we call the D.C. gulag. And we have not been able to do anything to resolve that. You That's know, another I ca- area that defending the Republic is helping in. We are defending a number of the January 6th defendants and providing legal assistance for a number of others. You know what, Sydney? You last, the last time we spoke... It's been a long time. You and you told me that that's something you wanted to do, but I didn't know that it had developed. And I actually am covering this a lot. We have a lot of families of J6ers. Uh, I've interviewed the guys uh, in the jails, uh, in the D.C. jail. Uh, it's you know I have a real passion for this, as you do too, because it's such an injustice. So I did not know, and that's something that I'm glad you made that point. So defendingtherepublic.org also is part, that's part of the attorney's where you raise money for them to help def- to defend these guys, right? Right. We okay, are so defending def- uh, several of them ourselves, and we are providing defenses for a number of others. Yeah, I want to d- just let me drop in a story, if I might, about that. Uh, there's a, there's a one whose name is Robert Morse. Uh, he's a army ranger. He's done three tours of duty in Afghanistan, and by the way, he was one that was arrested for uh, a what the charge is attacking the police. And he was also in the tunnel when the police were beating uh, some of the J6ers like Roseanne Boylan, who was uh, trampled and actually beaten by a Capitol Police officer and others as well. So he was there and he has been in jail now for over a year. And he went to see his attorney. And when he was, when he came back to the jail after seeing his attorney, he was subject for the fifth time to a strip search. But this time the guards ordered him to remove his underwear. Uh, He said, there were five guards there, including a few I didn't know. I asked for literature that authorized the strip search, and they refused to answer. A female guard with a cell phone repeatedly asked him if he was resisting the search. Moore said officers with the ERT, which stands for Emergency Response Team, handcuffed him, put him back in the black room with a chair. One prison guard, Corporal Armstrong, was present as well. They shoved me around and maced me when I opened my mouth they pointed the can of mace toward my mouth. They humiliated him uh, with this uh, a search, and it was very sexual in nature. And they, the writers of American Greatness said they aren't even going to lay out what happened. But his mother is saying uh, that he was uh, sexually, I'm not sure what the word is. I don't know if it's abused. Or assaulted. You have to be careful with words. Assaulted, yes. Horrible. Horrible. So that's the kind of people that, that is- you're defending. Yes, we're we're defending the people that are being subjected to this abject torture in the D.C. gulag, and have been. All right, let's let's move on to something else because I I, I could talk to you for a couple of hours uh, easily because I'd love to just hear your thoughts, Cindy. But I want to move to the Sussman trial last week because I'm sure that you have a lot of comments about that here. Uh, Sussman um, was uh, playing footsie with the FBI. We know now. And we are led to we're supposed to believe that he was innocent, but we know after the trial took place, 
Uh, we've learned a lot of things. The fact that Hillary Clinton was directing all of this, they fabricated everything about the Russian collusion, the dossier, everything. It's just uh, it's it, what we knew, but it's now proven in court documents. So some people are saying that the verdict against Sussman doesn't matter that he was found not guilty so much because there was so much great information that came out in the trial. Would you agree with that? No, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I'm I'm glad we got the information, but I think it's absolutely appalling. The jury was stacked. The judge, I don't even know the name of the judge, but whoever it was allowed a number of uh, Clinton people to be on the jury. And one of the jurors' daughters was on the same crew team as Sussman's daughter. Uh, the jury was flat incestuous and set up from the beginning to render an acquittal. The government needs to be able to get a fair trial in these cases, too, particularly cases involving corruption at this level and the lies that occurred here. I mean, they, the Justice Department pursued General Flynn for four years on a matter that they made up, trying to convict him of making a false statement. And here, Sussman is acquitted because the system is rigged in his favor. I mean, it's it's just... It's the double standard that the American people are so fed up with, and it's the double standard of a totalitarian communist regime is what it is. You know, I just, I didn't even make, the obvious connection that you just made had escaped me, and that's that General Flynn was hounded and nearly destroyed by allegedly lying to the FBI when we now we know he actually technically did not do that. So that was a big deal in that case, but in this case, uh, the jury even wanted to poo-poo the idea of, you know, uh, Sussman lying about acting as an individual, as a person who was, as opposed to a person who was being paid by the Hillary campaign and the DNC to do what he did to present this so-called evidence, which was just false to the FBI, just yeah, as they, a good they, citizen. They made it all up. They they made it all up, just like they made up the case against General Flynn. Yeah. But and the so, FBI fully participated in it, and we now learn, know, too, that Perkins Coy has an FBI office in their law firm. Oh, and okay, uh, so your thoughts about that. Your thoughts about it's, that. It's, Tell us why that's so appalling. <laughs> the FBI is supposed to be an independent government agency, and here it is installed with a with a branch office in the law firm that's in the pocket of the DNC that does all the dirty work for the DNC. The FBI has become nothing but an arm of the DNC. Yes. The, and that, the now communist political party. Yeah. The law firm that hired, uh, you know, um, uh, Fusion GPS to create the dossier. <laughs> the FBI exactly. has a, a little desk there next to all of them where they can access FBI files. Okay. So this is the thing that is confusing. Um, William Barr is speaking out a lot now, as you know. And um, he is calling Russiagate a dirty political trick, and he's saying that the justice system is rigged to target Republicans. There's a lot more that he said, but I'd love your comments. Your response to William Barr's now bold, courageous stand on this. Well, he's certainly right right about that. I wish he could have done more when he was uh, attorney general to fix that. And I certainly wish he had taken a serious look at the issues related to the election and instead of claiming there was no fraud. 
because it was obvious to anybody who was paying attention to it. And I have no comprehension of what happened there, but it was wrong. It was wrong. And I guess I, you know, I go back to, you know, a lot of my stuff is intuitive. It isn't necessarily that I, and so I have to be careful. But I remember when William Barr was brought forth as the candidate to be attorney general. And he was, uh, I don't know if he was giving testimony. Maybe he was. We were getting acquainted with him through television, and he was introducing his family, who were almost, I think, I would say three at least, maybe four of his kids are working in departments and agencies in the federal government, and, and you know, his sons-in-law and daughters-in-law, uh, and, and he was very proud of that. And I thought to myself, boy, that is just a danger to me. That is his connection to the swamp there will cause him not to be bold, and I think that's what happened, Sydney. You know, I wish I knew. It was one of the biggest disappointments to me in the, uh, well, as part of everything I've seen in the last several years. Let me ask you something. Uh, you've seen a lot. You wrote that book, Licensed to Lie, uh, Exposing Corruption in the Justice Department. Are you surprised yourself at the depth of the corruption in our government? This is the last question because we've got 30 seconds here. I knew it was really bad. I wrote License to Lie to try to get wake people up to it. It's done nothing but get worse. So I am very concerned for the future of this country. Every American who cares about it needs to get up off the sofa now and start by bird-dogging their county commissioners' meetings and demanding paper ballots hand-counted, no machines. Yeah, And uh, remind all of you that tomorrow's a primary in another number of states. Uh, Alaska on Saturday and next week a whole slew slew of other states and we'll be tracking that really right now that's the legal way of fighting back okay so uh, Sydney Powell it's a real pleasure let me just say License to to Lie is her book and DefendingTheRepublic.org is the website where you can help these attorneys defend the January 6th defendants Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.